Megan, I offered to record this outside today. No. Yeah, I did. Oh, I mean, I know you did. I don't want to. Yeah. It I thought feels, it might be good for us. It fresh feels air. cool in the house. Yeah. And I get a sweatshirt on and I'm going to have I just don't want to change clothes to go outside. Yeah, that's fine. You put on that sweatshirt for walking the kids to school this morning and also Yeah. Um It was too hot. Grabbed a then. jacket for Mac and then we got out there and we were in the sun and it was really really hot. Yeah, it was warm. But then by the time we made it back, it was raining on us and we were really cold. Yeah. It's the fall. Yeah. We just yeah. we just autumned in a nutshell. You, you did. You just um, got to sweat through a little bit, and then you get cold. And then we're and free wet. and clear and for and Christmas then, time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just dropped my phone. Let's go ahead and get that started it's, again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's on your mind today? <sighs> oh, you know. I'm so nervous coming into this without, I don't have notes again. Again? Um, well, it went well last week. Yeah, I, well, I think so. I think it. I think it turned out okay. I mean, I have a few like questions and thoughts um, to take a look at, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not coming in with an essay. But also, it was a crazy week. Yeah. Yeah, we had a sick child mm-hmm. who wasn't that sick. No, she never got that sick. It but any sick feels big right now. Crazy mm-hmm. and. Yeah, and then, so that was Nora. Um, They had a day off from school on Thursday, and I guess that's about the day that she started getting sniffly. And then Friday, she woke up and had some other symptoms, but still didn't seem, I don't know, Friday was probably her worst day. Yeah, Friday was probably her Um, worst day. But but even that, like, she never got a fever or anything, but we didn't know what to do. So, kept the kids home from school, and then we kept them home again on Monday, because she... Felt a lot better, but she sounded worse than she, ever. Yeah, she sounded terrible. Yeah, she sounded like a man, for starters. And Matt got sick in the middle of all of that, and he is so whiny. He is. I hope that's not going to, like, keep going. <laughs> but, holy cow. You want him to grow up on us? No, I mean, the girl, even Nora, like, wasn't that whiny. Yeah. He was just really, really whiny about it. Like his nose. Every time his nose would start to run, he would be like, ah, tishy, tishy. <laughs> he was just real whiny about it. <sighs> oh. So, yeah, it was that threw a wrench in the week. Um. So, do you want me to tell you about the other day? Yeah, please Something do. Something I did. What happened? So, I took the kids to the park, Sunday Park, and. We usually play for a little bit and then go down into the water, not into the water, go down to the water and just kind of walk around a little bit. That's how I get them to leave because that's how I can convince them to leave the playground without any like fighting or anything. It's like, okay, time to go. Let's go look at the water. Yeah, you can never get enough of the playground. So you really can't take a kid away from that, but they can get enough of the water. Right. They can get bored. It's like, oh, I don't want to walk anymore around the water. So anyways. Doing that, we're walking around, and we see, recognize some people that we know, and new neighbors of ours. Yeah. Who we haven't really met. I just, you know, we recognize them from... I mean, they literally... Yeah, they we see two them every day over. of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> but we haven't really met yet. So anyways, 
I was like, oh, hey, you're our neighbors, you know, whatever. And so they're like, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> they were unconvinced. Yeah, they weren't convinced. Um, I mean, and I'm and I'm serious whenever I say we see them every day of yeah. our lives. They've they don't there. look at us at every They've day, They've lived though. there for like three or four months, and there's one house between us and them, yeah. and that house really shouldn't be there. Like, they should be our actual next-door neighbors. You yeah, know what I mean? Like true. the house just to the right of us is really should be. It's really, be there. yeah. It's kind of like just barely. <laughs> that should be open space. Yeah, it should Their be. Their house literally faces ours. And <laughs> yeah. So this, this is basic. This is literally our next door neighbors. Yeah. Um, um, and they're uncertain. But they as never to look at us. Like, that's the thing. Like, we always wave and they never wave back because they're not looking at us. Or maybe, I don't know. Anyways, interesting group of people. And mm-hmm. so we see them, and I say that. I'm like, oh, hey, you're neighbors. And they're like, oh, maybe. And I was like, yeah, uh, you know, you live in Burnham Woods. <gasps> you can't give that out on a podcast? I can't. Now the whole world knows. I think everybody that listens knows where we live. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so then they got a little more friendly. Like they were, you know, whatever. It was just, well, actually, it was just the guy and, the, and his daughter. And so... Um, a few minutes later, his wife comes down over the hill with this huge, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about the whole scenario again. (laughs) She comes down over the hill with this huge gallon sized Ziploc bag full of what looks like cocoa pebbles. I mean, it wasn't, but that's what it looked like. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, huh, interesting cocoa pebbles, you know, whatever. So anyways comes down to the dock we were all in the dock because there were a bunch of ducks around and i we thought it was odd that there were a bunch of ducks like just circling where we were standing well i know why she starts like i'm i introduce myself i'm like hey i'm megan you know blah 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 and anyways she starts starts hurling like handfuls of this i guess it was duck food or fish food or something into the water and the ducks start going nuts and she's like having a conversation with me while she's like like throwing this duck food into the water like it's her job like she can't not do this (laughs) she's like yeah we love brander mill and she's just like scooping handfuls i mean it's just like a ton like she's shoveling coal like into the engine on the Titanic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like at a really forceful, <laughs> <laughs> like speedy rate. Like it was like just a, like not, this not like, job has to get done, and I'm yeah. going to do it while we have this conversation. <laughs> not like hey, we come down here and it's kind of fun to feed the ducks, right? Would your yeah. kids like to throw some food right. to them? Or it was more like nope, I got nope. sorry, got to feed the ducks. Yeah, yeah. She's gonna. What she did let the kids feed them. She was like, hey, you guys can do this too. But then she like quickly took it over again and like th- shoveling it in. And she was like, yeah, you can get like a 50 pound bag of this for like 15 bucks at whatever store. We just keep it in the trunk of our car. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> oh, that's so good. So good. They haven't spoken to us and since. They haven't spoken to us again. Yeah you, yeah, you you told me about that. I think I was playing music that night. Um, and you told me about it. And I was like, okay, good. So maybe now they're they're going to be our friends or at least, yeah, like, at least wave like, our wave. way. At least look at us sometimes. No. no, still nothing. I saw them the very next day out. Um, they were like tearing up the the beautiful garden that the previous neighbors had planted. <laughs> it was like, I mean, it didn't look, it wasn't flowering, so it looked kind of weedy at 
you know, I, so I got it. Like, I understand. But they were, like, tearing it all up. And I, like, waved because, you know, it was yesterday. I just met him and nothing. Like, yeah. no anything. All right. You're up in their space. Yeah. It's That's sacred. That's sacred to them whenever they're home. That's pretty great. What? Well, uh, let's roll out the jingle and then let's talk about the Bible a little bit. Okay. We can talk about you. We can talk about me. We can talk about everything we got between us. I want to hear everything you have to say. We can talk about the weather and living forever and about how we usually be better together. We got to find some time to talk about the other day. Well, Megan. Hmm. Drew. You ready to talk about the Bible a little bit? Yeah. So Great jingle, by the way. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks for noticing the jingle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you started listening to the podcast. <laughs> Three weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And you discovered that you like podcasts. When I exercise. Too. Welcome to the party. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to like, yeah, I mean, I think for the past two years, we and... Uh, especially you especially anybody with like either a stay-at-home job or um stay-at-home moms and dads like when are you going to listen to a podcast like Mm -hmm. podcasts really make sense for people who go out and do things Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so but you recently discovered like oh that's why podcasts are so popular because if you go out for a jog or whatever that's pretty nice for that or a walk or if you have a long drive yeah yeah. I could get it. Welcome to the party. Okay. Um, you discovering anything about it that, uh, I don't know. How I do you, did discover How do you feel about the sound thing. of your voice? Uh, oh, a part- in particular. How do you feel about, about you and two, at two times speed? Um, well, doing? I don't, I can't do, I can't you do can't that. Maybe it. one and a half sometimes. Um, what I did, what did you about discover, though, that I got really embarrassed because I was walking by someone and i and i like noticed that i was smiling really (laughs) because i must have been listening to something funny (laughs) and i was like smiling like i was and he just looked at me real strange (laughs) i was like oh no i do it all the time so that was really i bet it was the uh i bet it was whenever you and i got to talking about jesus's thigh tattoo (laughs) (laughs) probably (laughs) That one definitely made me laugh out loud. Because you really, really thought, <laughs> like you really were picturing Jesus mm-hmm. in the flesh uh-huh. going to a Middle Eastern tattoo shop at some point in his 33 yeah. year. Well, not a tattoo shop, just like in somebody's house. like Yeah. Yeah. Going to get a tattoo on when, his thigh mm-hmm. so that people would know that he's the <laughs> Prince of Peace. <laughs> Uh, that's a weird place to put a label anyways i mean who uh, sees that when you're in ankle length robes all the time robes i don't know i mean you have to really want to know yeah man to be really close (laughs) (laughs) so we've been in a series of talks about the bible Mm -hmm. um not necessarily um, teaching from the Bible, like we always do, now, which we are doing some, mm-hmm. but we're more kind of having a conversation about and inviting you, the listener, um, our friends and risen church folks, and maybe some people who aren't risen church folks, into conversation with us or with the people that you listen with about what what is the Bible? Mm-hmm. like Because we kind of, 
we take that question for granted, I think. Right. And I think that's kind of what we, you know, that's what sparked this was, hey, we're going to use this as the authority for everything, right? Mm-hmm. We heard that all our lives, every right. youth group meeting, every pastor we ever heard from, every, you know, marriage counseling before we got married, every, everything was like, you know, it's from the Bible. But no one ever said, and maybe you're wondering what the Bible actually is, right? <laughs> why we think this is the place to pull all information for anything, why we think you should, you know. put everything through the filter of this book. And so we're kind of trying to take some time to say, does this collection of writings um, even intend for us to do that? Mm -hmm. Is there a good reason for us to approach it that way? Is is that what it is? Is it something maybe better than that? Is Mm -hmm. it something maybe more unique than that? Um, Is the Bible really actually a how-to guide, a blueprint for your life? Um, Or is it something else altogether? Mm -hmm. And uh, in order to have that conversation, we've kind of been turning to mostly one verse of Scripture. And then I have one other example of something that I want to pull from today if we get to it. Um, It doesn't matter. You and I have been having some very interesting and good conversations off microphone about this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of hoping that we can get into the same kinds of things uh, while we're on mic. But the verse that we've been reading, Mm -hmm. the one that we have been going back to, is uh, 2 Timothy... Chapter 2, verse 3, no, chapter 3, verse 16. Yeah, I think it's 316. Any idea what it says? All scripture is mm-hmm. inspired by is, God. Yep, either divinely inspired, yep. inspired by God, God breathed and, in yeah. some translations. And can be used for righteous teaching or something like that. That's essentially what it says, yeah. All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, Mm -hmm. so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Um, And we've been talking about that verse because it's kind of used to say, see, we told you, the Bible is inspired by God, Mm -hmm. and it is all useful, every bit of it. Um, Except this verse didn't mean this verse. Right. Yeah, we touched on that last week, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of why we're talking about it there. That verse is used in almost all doctrinal statements. I mean, a lot of churches back when churches did this on their on their websites, you could go and see. You would find Second Corinthians, Second Timothy three sixteen mm-hmm. to say, "This is why we preach from the Bible, right? Because the Bible says the Bible is all God breathed. Mm-hmm. The only problem is that this is a letter written to Timothy. You know how we know that." Because if you go to the beginning of the letter, it says, hey, this is a letter to Timothy. Right, right. Um, It's not the Bible um, Mm -hmm. that Paul does not intend or, I mean, does not foresee at least that this Mm -hmm. would be bound in leather along with Exodus one day. Yeah. That he has no thought of that whatsoever. Um, it doesn't mean we can't do it. It doesn't mean there's not that it's not useful. It just means it's not what he meant. Right. Um, and I think that's worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, you have any thoughts, like, just to kind of recap where you're feeling or, uh, you know, after processing a little more? Um, well, I mean, I, I just think I've really been thinking about, like, whether, like, the two different things that we said it could be. Like, it could be what what the scriptures could be like all oh yeah yeah the Bible, you know he says all scripture is god breathed right. and you're thinking about it could either be like the previous stuff that they 
had yeah, already anything been that's written written by right. that point right yeah um or it could be anything that is god breathed or that is yeah. um written down by someone who <laughs> yeah um who is inspired by god yeah and i think that gets us into like a good place for this week like where i where i thought we would had we just kind of didn't make it there last week mm-hmm. we ran out of time um that yeah you have two ways of thinking about it mm-hmm. you could either say what paul means whenever he writes this is the old testament yeah um he means all scripture he even says in verse 15 the verse right before he says all scripture right he says you know the stuff that was written before you were even born right timothy so right. like he's saying stuff that didn't even exist 30 years ago mm-hmm. 50 years ago like it's it's been written for hundreds of years yeah um, he could mean that or paul could mean that perhaps lots of things could be divinely inspired right that anything and that I, ends up being useful for teaching could be considered god breathed and be, and could yeah. be considered scripture right and that's probably at this point that's the way I'm leaning just that the second part the second one but I will say that the first one has me thinking like well if that was the law and that was that was considered the scripture in the bible at that point in time when this was written mm-hmm. and then Jesus came to tear down the law, though. He came to, like... Right? To like, fulfill to f- it. Well, like... Don't live by those laws anymore. Live by... In essence, what yes. You, I say. Well, I mean, there's a couple of different ways of looking at it. I just want to make sure that we don't get into something that's not exactly true of what Jesus yeah. came to do. Jesus didn't... Jesus didn't really... Ab- abolish a lot of the good commands of the Old Testament. Now, I think Jesus course corrects some things that the Old Testament seems to preach that mm-hmm. Jesus is like, once you see Jesus, you're like, hmm, kind of seems like maybe God isn't like some of the ways that he's depicted in the Old Testament. Kind of seems like, kind of seems like Jesus wouldn't command us to murder our enemies. Right. Seeing as how right. he just told us to love our enemies. Um, now, the, the places where Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say are more extensions to the laws than they are abolitions of them. Okay. So he doesn't say like, um, he doesn't say the Bible says don't murder, but I say, sure, kill away. Well, yeah, yeah. He says the Bible says don't murder. I say don't even be angry. Don't even be, yeah, right. So, yeah, don't murder, but take it a step further. Like, like, try to get this thing at its, Mm -hmm. you know. Okay. At its starting point. So Jesus doesn't... I just wanted to make that point because I agree with what you're saying. I agree that, yes, Jesus does kind of abolish a lot of things that Mm -hmm. that the Old Testament seemed to preach. The Old Testament is very, very heavily uh, influenced by the idea that God is interested in killing his enemies. Mm -hmm. Like that's... Yeah. You read 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd... Samuel, um, Chronicles, Mm -hmm. Judges, you read Exodus, you read Deuteronomy, you're going to discover a God who loves killing his enemies. Genesis, for that matter, right? Mm -hmm. We'll flood them out, drown them. um, uh, And Jesus does seem to, anyways, I I interrupted that and maybe I hope I didn't like 
make you lose your train of thought altogether. But I did want to kind of yeah, yeah. just make sure that we don't say Jesus came to get rid of the Old Testament. He came to clarify some things. Um, he yeah. said some of the laws that you had, you need to take them a step further. And some of the things that you believed about God, you were just wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we can move on. It's okay. I don't exactly okay. remember. I'll try not to do that anymore. It's okay. Sorry. Um, well, for today, I just wanted to consider the second way of thinking about this. We're, we're, I, I think we're both on that in the camp of saying like, well, I don't think Paul means just the Old Testament mm-hmm. whenever he says this. I don't think when 2 Timothy 3.16 records all scripture is God inspired that it, I don't think it means just the stuff that's written up to this point. Right. I think that it is actually open to an expanding library mm-hmm. of useful for teaching yeah. writings. Yeah. Um, or perhaps podcasts or perhaps video teaching or what, whatever. Like, I think you, I, we pragmatically already believe that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, what, right. what's the point of a prophet? Yeah. If it's already written, you if don't need a prophet. Yeah. Anymore. It's written. Yep. You want to know what God has to say? It's in the book. Yeah. Everything God ever wanted to say, well, it's in the book. Still, and we've heard yeah, that preached. We believe it, though, too. I mean, we believe mm, that. Don't say we on that. What? Go ahead. Oh. What are you saying? I was just going to say, we believe that God still speaks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were saying the other thing. That we believe everything that we need to know is in the Bible. Oh. I'm like, I, no, no, I'm saying we believe so. that God still speaks to us. And so then, I mean, then that's... I mean, God breathed like that's where yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's I don't know. So, yeah, it's still ex- it can still expand and still get new revelation and whatever. Yeah. Well, I made that uh, I made that note to myself this week that it was. Um, uh, let me see. I, I wrote it down somewhere here. I mean, that's a whole whole point of like quiet time too. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was. I remember that being one of the things too, like what we were talking about last night with for quiet time and all of that, like reading your, making sure you read your Bible and all of that thing, that stuff was like, you got to be quiet too, so that you can still hear, so that you can hear God speak. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you don't need to hear God speak if everything he has to say is written yeah. down. You just need to read. You just need to memorize it. Right, right, right. See, right. Well, I, that's what you're saying, right? You're saying you still need to listen like God might actually want to say something to you yeah. that's not on the page. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's this, a positive thing that I would say probably came out of. Yeah. The statement that I, um, that I wrote that. down is, if the Bible is the word of God, if the Bible is the only thing mm-hmm. God has to say, then all prophecy is heresy. Then anything that ever gets said that isn't a direct quote of scripture mm-hmm. is heretical. There's no need for prophets anymore. You don't need prophets. You don't need preachers. Yeah. You don't need Bible teachers. You don't need other books. You just need to just read the Bible. Yeah. Like what's what's the point? <laughs> Study the Bible. Right. Right. Um, but we don't believe that. We don't think that way. We do think God is still speaking. Right. And I don't just mean we as in me and you. I right, mean right. evangelicalism. I mean I mean Christians. Christians believe this. They say we we often say one thing. We're like the Bible is it. That's everything God has to say, but then we don't practice that way. Mm-hmm. If that were true, you don't need a preacher. You just need a book. You just yeah. 
You just need to read it for yourself. You just need to mm-hmm. read it for yourself. Yeah. Um, which would be useful. It'd be good for you to know what's in there. <laughs> not, I'm not going to discount that. It'd be good for you to know what's in there and not just hear it from somebody else Yeah. Um, through the lens of someone else. But yeah, so I wanted to say we do think the second way. We all do mm-hmm. pretty much. We think when Paul says all scripture is God breathed, he means that lots of things are going to be written and said that are divinely inspired that will actually be useful for teaching. So I just kind of wanted to talk about what does it mean for something to be God-breathed? How do we filter that out? Hmm. How do we define divine inspiration? How do you define Uh, divine inspiration? What is divine inspiration? That's a hard one. Um... What kind of impact does something that's divinely inspired have on you? Right. Well, oh man, that's tricky, Drew. Um, I, I need some time. <laughs> you need me to get the ball rolling? I need, yeah. <laughs> I, well, go ahead, go ahead. Well, okay, first, just to get your your. Th- your thoughts spinning. I mean, when Jesus is asked about the scriptures, when he's asked about the law, mm-hmm. like what's the most important thing? He says, well, the whole thing is meant to inspire you to love God and love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. So in essence, Jesus says, well, divine inspiration is about inspiring someone to love God mm-hmm. and love their neighbor. So I, I really think that whenever we talk about something being God-breathed or divinely inspired, that really what we're talking about is anything that brings about gratitude yeah. in our hearts, anything that causes us to worship, mm-hmm. anything that inspires kindness, yeah, um, anything beautiful. I mean, Paul writes elsewhere outside of Second Timothy. He writes um, to focus your attention on things, things that are worthy of praise. Yeah. Yeah, things that, that bring true, you joy, that are, that are true, yeah. they're lovely. Um, divine inspiration okay. is those things. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was probably, I am leaning, was leaning towards like saying something pretty similar just as far as like, if it's, if it's something that brings joy to your life or something that um, brings peace to your life. Um, yeah. Then we know those things come from God, and so. Yeah, but that's a pretty broad. I mean, that's a controversial bo- yeah, thing to yeah. say. And it's yeah. weird that it's controversial, but yeah, what you're saying is like this brings me joy, mm-hmm. and so I know it's from God. Right. Well, I could definitely see a lot of people saying, "Ooh, the thing that brings you joy." Well, yeah, yeah, is contrary is... to what I believe God's best for your life is. Right. Um, and then we're then we're at odds with something. Then we have to say like, well, that's true. What well, what role does the book play? Yeah, <laughs> in that conversation. Yeah, because but that's because you've also I've also heard, you know, that. Um, oh man, how did I use, how did it go? That sin is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sin, a season, some, is that what you were getting season. at? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Things that bring you joy. Ooh, it's just a trap. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're enjoying it, ooh, hold on, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I 
I lean way more heavily into the, well, if it causes gratitude and peace, peace. And, and love within you now, yeah. um, those kinds of, those are, that's how I define divine in- yeah. inspiration. I don't know how else to define it. If it I makes mean, you a better person. Right. If it makes you a better person yeah. and it brings you joy and think about it this way maybe maybe this would be a helpful way to that's, consider that's joy that's i don't think joy is a dangerous word because true joy is you think that's a dangerous word no mm. no the words aren't dangerous i'm just saying like how you apply that yeah, I'm, right. I'm thinking more in in the sort of holiness tradition that we have some some strong roots in mm-hmm. would kind of say like well what if i what if i enjoy going out and having a few drinks with my friends mm-hmm. and that actually is a, a communion for us and actually yeah. connects us and and if the wine uh indeed gladdens our human hearts as the bible says that it will mm-hmm. um that we would have been warned that well yeah of course it does that's how you know it's sin <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah okay i see what you're saying let me ask you this um How do you know something is uninspired? How do we define uninspired things? Um, Because I think that could be a good place of talking. Like we define divine inspiration by things that make make the world seem bigger, Mm -hmm. make us more grateful, give us peace, give us joy. Mm -hmm. Maybe the antithesis is a good thing to think about. Like what what are uninspired things? I mean, things that cause division would probably be my main main thought um if it um yeah division i mean that's yeah i don't know when you say division do you mean like disagreements or you mean like exclusion exclusion yeah yeah i mean that's the that's and i'm not trying to like lead this somewhere but i'm saying like whenever i think of uninspired i think of things that make the world seem smaller mm-hmm you know, things that make, things that, that exclude mm-hmm. some people um, in order to include others. Yeah. Uh, things that cause harm Feel- to society at large. Did you like, say feeling smaller? Is that what you said? Yeah, 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 yeah like okay. kind of making the world smaller, yeah. making God into a, a, a petty, small, jealous mm-hmm. um, entity in the sky. Yeah. That's mostly concerned with um, saving a few of us while he loses most. Mm. Um, I don't know. I read I read a statement this week that uh, Abraham Herschel, um, who's a a great theologian and just like somebody to to really go do a deep dive on. But he said, "Any God who is mine but not yours, any God concerned with me but not with you, is an idol." Yeah. How do we know? How do I define something that's uninspired? I define something that's uninspired if it includes me and not someone else. Hmm. If it is for me and people like me. Right. And not for people unlike me. Yeah. That's uninspired. Yeah. Um, Second question for this. And this is the only other question I have. Okay. And then I have something uh, 
kind of totally off the wall to just throw in because I've quoted it the past couple of weeks. I've, I've mentioned it, but we haven't actually talked about what it actually says. Okay. Um, how does this verse define divine inspiration? And I think that's how we kind of, I mean, that's the filter I think we should really arrive at because I think 2 Timothy 3.16 is a really, really great verse and a really important concept that Paul is um, is writing about here, if it was Paul. We're, it's yeah. still, people are in disagreement about that. Right. Um, and that is that um, this verse itself says something is divinely inspired if it's useful for teaching. For teaching. If it's useful for equipping people for good works, hmm. basically, is the kind of long and short of it. Okay. If it's useful for correcting things that need corrected, mm-hmm. um, which we always, for whatever reason in our tradition, think that that means adjusting people's sinful, fun-loving yeah. lifestyles. And right. we never think that it means adjusting our religious exclusionary lenses like everybody who ever gets corrected in the Bible yeah. by Jesus or his apostles. Right. They don't they yeah. never go around saying, How dare you um live in sin the way you're living in sin? They go around saying, How dare you tell people they're not mm. loved by God? Yeah. That's it. Um so I don't know why, but we always look at this yeah. and we're always like, see, it says that the Bible's supposed to correct you. To it's correct. like, yeah, correct yeah. religious people when they are making God small again. Yeah. When they're turning God into an idol again. Hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that, though, how this verse translates it? Well, I, I think it really simplifies things for us. I mean, if it's inspired by God, if we if we think that other things can be inspired by God, then and how do we know what that what those things are? Well, if they're useful in helping us know God better then. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but ha- so how do we define and I want to get at something here that I don't know if we've talked about it on, on this podcast before but do you if you're honest about it do you feel like you were kind of trained by the youth group culture and whatever that we that we sort of came up in to not trust your gut, to not trust your instincts? Do you feel like you were basically said, basically told like, well you can't you can't trust how things make you feel. Yeah, definitely. You can't trust your instincts about things. To a certain degree. Like, on it was one-sided. Because, okay. um, because I was also taught, like, that the Holy Spirit can convict. So you have to listen to those um, thoughts and those feelings. Like, if you feel like you know, you shouldn't be doing something. Right, but the Holy Spirit pretty much only ever tells you, like, don't see movies don't like that. Don't do things, yeah. yeah don't, do, don't do things that violate uh, what is considered appellation, mm-hmm. yeah. purity culture. Um, yeah. I do think there was, a, there, were, there was a positive side to it, though, too. Like, it, there were, I do remember hearing lots of stuff like, you know, if... Um, if you feel like you should go talk to that person or feel like you're being um, pushed towards, I don't know, whatever, that kind of thing, then that's the Holy Spirit, you know, right, right, talking to you and, you know, whatever, um, leading you towards that person to to talk to them. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say that it was one-sided. 
Um, what was your question though? What, <laughs> I don't remember. I was asking if you felt like you were taught to not trust your instincts. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess a little bit because I remember having a hard time, like, <laughs> I don't want to say the word transitioning, but like, I don't know what other word. I think that's, that's the right then. word. Like from there was always big talk, a big talk of like being in the will of God yeah. and like you have to know like that you're in God's will. Um, and like just remembering waiting to hear like exclusively from God, like what I was supposed to do and then not being able, like I had a hard time transitioning from just like that to like, well, maybe God just wants me to be happy and, you know, right. do things that. Right. Well, it's bring it peace is kind and of joy into my life and into other people's lives. And like, but I couldn't necessarily trust my instincts and my own whatever, because I had to hear it from God first. <laughs> I can remember the whole thing feeling like, like life is just a big pop quiz, mm-hmm. um, but you don't really have a very good study guide for it. And you really don't know, like, and the whole thing is like, God has a special plan for you, a special person for you to marry a special, yeah. but you got to figure it out and right. you'll never really know if you got it right. Like that was right. But that's just, that's existential angst. That's not, yeah. that is really how our faith was kind of oh, I articulated to us in a lot of ways. We got and, married, we, and we it was like, it. how do I know for sure like that this yeah. is the the one person? Like that this is... Do you know now? No. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't got confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> still waiting on confirmation on that. Yeah, well, the the thing that got that took me here is because what we're essentially saying, what, what even you kind of brought up was... That it seems like Second Timothy three sixteen is teaching us to um, to read things, to listen to voices, to experience things, and then to put them through a filter that says, like, well, is this useful or not? Yeah, is this useful for for creating peace and joy and and goodness in me? Mm-hmm. Does this make me kinder? Does this make me more grateful? But it does require you to have a filter of your own. Like, right, you have exactly. to be able to do. You it. have to be able. And I I feel like I was often you know, or at least yeah. it's what I caught in in um, my faith tradition was like, I'm not actually capable of doing it. I, I can't figure this stuff out for myself. Yeah. I can't be trusted. Or even just want to put in the work of it either. Like, well, that happens too. Yeah. It yeah. does. It does it result in being a good excuse. Yeah. I, I have <laughs> a funny example of um, uh, be, I was in an altar one time, uh, praying and somebody at you know like I kind of I don't remember what I was in distress about but I was yeah. like asking for prayer and I was telling them for, and I could tell they weren't listening to me <laughs> <laughs> like uh-huh. I know you're not hearing what yeah. I'm actually saying and then as soon as we were like okay well let's pray then they just went straight into speaking in tongues <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah that seems about right like this is you're you're speaking and your spirituality is how you avoided actually connecting with uh-huh. another human being here like yeah. you and when instead of listening to me and hearing what I came down here to right. say like 
this is what I would like to talk to another person about. And then maybe we could pray together. But more yeah. importantly, I'd just like to connect with somebody. And you're like, I don't really need to do that because I'm just going to pray in tongues anyway. <laughs> My word. I'll just lean on. God knows how to pray for you. God knows what you need more than I do. Yeah. Like, well, you could know a little if you if listened. You listened. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, you want to end today on something that I think is kind of fun. Okay. Um, I've referenced a few times um, how we talk about uh, all scripture, mm-hmm. right? And often we think of that as meaning the whole Bible. Right. Yet there are actually some places in the Bible that are not divinely inspired, at least in my opinion. Okay. Um, because they say they're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most notably uh, about eight chapters in the book of Job. Uh, the last few chapters of the book of Job, God comes along and says, hey, by the way, eight of those chapters, every time you were just listening to one of Job's friends talking on my behalf and saying, here's what mm-hmm. God wants, not divinely inspired. That was just their opinions. And the, basically, the Bible is teaching us how to have a dialogue. The Bible is teaching you how to be a spiritually um, secure and independent functioning, like not codependent, but independent functioning member of society like Mm -hmm. how to have a faith is is partially like being able to like listen to bad voices and good voices and come up with something good right um and then i've also referenced that paul himself says at at one place in particular and then other places where it's kind of debatable that he may be doing the same thing Mm -hmm. um he says what i'm about to tell you here isn't from god it's just from me i don't have a word from god for you on this matter so i'll just give you my opinion um, in, in second Corinthians, uh, no, <laughs> sorry. First Corinthians chapter seven, Okay. Paul is talking about, he's also, he's talking about something that's very interesting and a lot of fun that we probably should talk about marriage and sexuality and the Bible, uh, okay. but not the way people think we would talk about it. Um, the way that we probably should talk about it <laughs> more hmm. often yeah. as like, what does the Bible say about marriage? Well, as far as I can tell, it pretty much says don't get don't married. Don't get married. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, Jesus didn't get married and most of his disciples pretty much left the people they were married to in order to follow him. Paul doesn't get married and he's pretty hard on the idea of getting married. Yeah. Um, there's a reason for all of that. But there is no instance whatsoever of like this whole idea of um, turning marriage as in into the main goal yeah. that God has for people. Yeah. But he says, now, about virgins. <laughs> this is 1 Corinthians chapter okay. 7, verse 25. Now, concerning virgins. And by that, he means unmarried women. Yeah. Like he, he's talking about, or maybe unmarried people in general, but mostly they, they wouldn't have called men virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment <laughs> as one who, by the Lord's mercy, is trustworthy. Oh my so literally, Lord. this verse of scripture is Paul saying... Okay, now I'm going to tell you what I think we should do about the virgins who aren't married. Uh-huh. Um, God didn't tell me anything about this. I don't have anything that's divinely inspired on this. But I think my opinion is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what this verse says. And then he says, um, because of the present crisis, I think it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Well, don't seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Then don't look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned, and if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life, and I want to spare you. (laughs) What? Now, there's a lot to be unpacked and a lot of fun things about that. But the most interesting thing, for the sake of this 
episode is just referencing something. I think I said it in the, I think I've said it in all three of these. Like Paul actually says what I'm about to tell you, not divinely inspired, just my opinion. And I think my opinion's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've, I don't, I've never noticed that. I've, and I've read Corinthians a few times. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You have a read on that though? What's, what's your thought? What do you do with that? Whenever we say all scripture is inspired, every word of the scripture, if we wanted to take it as meaning every word in the Bible is inspired by God, well, what do we, we do? we don't agree with that. Right. Like that, or not agree, but just don't live by that. Like. Right. We don't say, well, well we if, shouldn't get married. If you're, then. if you're a Christian, if you become a Christian and you're unmarried, then you should stay unmarried, yeah. which is basically what he's saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and if you want to get married, I guess you can. You can. It's not a sin. But, but it'll make your life harder. Yeah. That's what he says. Which is what sin is anyways, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, that's pr- it's the most fundamental definition of sin is to say decisions that you make that make your life harder. Yeah. Um, or that make your life more miserable. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wonder why he said that. But anyways. Why did he say that? Yeah. Well, because Paul... I mean, he's not wrong. Can we be honest about that? Like, if if your goal, mm-hmm. uh, as far as Paul is concerned, is plant churches mm-hmm. and, like, preach the gospel everywhere oh, you go, yeah. he's saying, like, well, people get married and then they, like, and have, have kids and, and they have other concerns and they're not able to do all of this other stuff. Yeah. Um, that was a huge conversation we had before we had kids. Do you remember it that? It was. Because you was. were really like, I didn't believe you. You ended I up being right. Stuff. And I, I, I was like, I, no, Drew, that's not how it works. But you were really certain. You're like, when we have a family, like, it's going to change things. Like, it's not. We won't be as devoted to the church. As, yeah. And I was like, no, we will be, be just as. We'll just add more people to it and, like, make it even whatever. And look at us. We're not even pastors anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You were right. We don't even have a church anymore. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I You got yourself see. knocked up and now <laughs> now look at us. Uh, that was a really big conversation though at one point in time. Obviously. I mean, yeah. and that's a that's a really odd thing. I mean, this is this has come up time and time again on this podcast and in conversations that I have with, you know, pretty much everybody about these things is like I don't. I swallowed this stuff hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. At at the time, at at one time in my life, like I just thought, well, that's what it said. I mean, Jesus didn't get married. Yeah. Uh, Paul said actually, it'd be more effective if you're not married, and certainly if you have if you don't have kids. Like, yeah. So I thought, well, that's what we should do then. I didn't take into account. That Paul wasn't talking to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that's the side note to all of this. He's not yeah. talking to you. Right. He's talking to people who are in the middle of an apocalypse. Yeah. People who are going to die soon. He says, Hey guys, the world's about to end. So don't like let's not like, worry about getting married right now. Because yeah. this is gonna be a really, really tough um couple of decades mm-hmm. for us Christians. And so you're not going to want to bring kids into the mix. Yeah. You're not going to want to like, and he was right. Yeah. Like it was, it was bad. Paul was beheaded shortly after yeah. this. Yeah. 
um, and and many of his many of the the church were martyred and killed and like what he's saying isn't untrue. He just wasn't talking to us. Mm. Like that's what that's why it's so important for us to have a conversation about what the Bible is. Yeah. It's a collection of, I mean, most of the New Testament is letters that Jewish people write back and forth to other Jewish people in the first century Middle East. And they often say things like women should keep silent whenever the gatherings happen. Right. Like they shouldn't be teaching the Bible. Why? Because they can't read. (laughs) Because they're illiterate in this place and time in human history. Like there's a reason for that. Now, should they have said that? No, I still think that's misogynist. Like I still think there's a real sexist issue there like they should have been, been like they should have been like all right well let's see if we can get the women involved in the conversation even though they can't read but paul mm-hmm. is basically saying well you can't let them teach the scriptures they right. can't read they the scriptures read. um and then we took that out of context and said well that's to us and we used it for years and years and years it's still being used to this day the southern yeah. baptist convention in the past few months actually has doubled down mm-hmm. on their positions on like women in real positions of leadership within the church and you just basically mm. can't yeah um because of that oh um hmm. interesting yeah is it all divinely inspired megan is the bible all is all scripture divinely inspired well no <laughs> you just said we just read it <laughs> but maybe <laughs> We can talk about you, we can talk about me, we can talk about everything we got between us. I want to hear everything you have to say. We can talk about the weather and living forever, and about how we usually be better together. We gotta find some time to talk about the other day. I wrote some things I think you should see, people shouldn't just hear it straight from me. I could use some help saying everything I mean to say. So could you read these thoughts out loud? Tell me where you think I need to cut it out. Would you give me some of your thoughts about the other day? Would you give me some of your thoughts about the other day?